the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome. Monday show. It was a fast, fast weekend. I feel like I just That's walked because out the there door. were so many big sporting events. That's my That's your take theory. On mm-hmm. uh, I watched uh, some of the 4 o'clock football game on Saturday. Alabama, which was a total disappointment. Sure was. And we all... Watched some of it. We all blew that. Yeah. The three of us blew that. We blew the Steeler game as well. Yeah, we blew that. It wasn't Sorry. a good weekend for us. Yeah, but honest. you know, we didn't blow it as bad as John did. He said the Steelers were only going to score seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good job, John. Like, I'm just joking because I can't pick on you because no, I did horribly. Right, yeah. I can't believe. You know, I'm so sick of Alabama. I, they don't bother me. They don't How bother can me. they not bother you? I, I, All they do is win every year. In in the whole sweep of my life, I, I really don't it's think like about the Alabama. Dodgers, or it's just you, right? are, how can you not hate the Yankees? No, uh, I well the Yankees. Yeah, the Dodgers. I don't hate. The, I don't hate the Dodgers. They're, they're West Coast. You didn't watch the World Series. I did not. And how about the, how about Major League Baseball's locked out? You know, if it if it if it brings I'm not even worried about a salary cap. If it brings a floor, then I'm all for it. It's not going to bring a floor. I think it might bring a it's floor. It's not going to bring anything. It'll it might. bring more money to to build Bob build build nothing. <laughs> See, you don't even know his name. Hey, Billy. At this point, we're just sick of him. Bill. Hey, Bill Nutting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, happy Monday to you. It's a happy Monday to you. It's gray outside again. I like it. Feels good. <laughs> it feels good. It's December, it. right? I'm I surprised that we haven't gotten some snow. Nothing appreciable. I'm really have we? happy about it. I have been in two snowstorms this year so far. What? In the corridor, like up around where uh, 80 hit 79. Hmm. You know that corridor, like that Mercer County thing. What are you doing hanging up there? Well, because I go to Grove City all the time. Oh right. It the weather is perpetually terrible there. Huh. So yeah, I've been in two snowstorms, and believe me, you're not missing anything. Okay. Well, it's coming sooner or later, right? Such is life. Anyway, it's a big day. There's a lot going on today. There is Cal- a lot going on. We have a terrific show. I'm we excited do. about it. Yeah. Uh, you want to do news or you want to wait? Uh, I don't know what we can wait for. I think we should just do it. Okay. As we always do, Kath gives us the news stories of the day. Kath, please, without any further ado, All right. give us the top four at four. Okay. I'll do it. People, it's Monday, December 6th, 2021. Number one. Bob Dole, wounded war veteran, Senate Majority Leader, and the last of the World War II generation to win his party's nomination for president, died yesterday at the age of 98. The New York Times today, in a really great piece, it's long, it's detailed, it has great photographs. I might check it out if you can. They called him one of the most durable political figures in the last decades of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. How about that? Old school. I like that. That's the for most sure. durable. He was nominated for VP in 1976 and then for president a full 20 years later. He spent a quarter century in the Senate where he was his party's longest serving leader until Mitch McConnell of Kentucky surpassed that record in 2018. Hmm. How about that? Did you know that? I did not. That's why I'm here. 
President Biden called Mr. Dole, quote, an American statesman like few in our history, a war hero and among the greatest of the greatest generation. He also added, quote, to me, he was a friend whom I could look to for trusted guidance or a humorous line at just the right moment to settle frayed nerves. We're going to talk about Bob Dole more in just a few minutes when Greg Clugston joins us live from Washington, D.C. Number two. U.S. health officials said yesterday, John, that while the Omicron variant, or as my husband's calling it, Omicron, because <laughs> he feels like that's more, it kind of gets it like the, you know, horrible nature of it. While the Omicron variant of the coronavirus is rapidly spreading throughout the country, early indications suggest it may be less dangerous than Delta, which continues to drive a surge of hospitalizations. Oh, yeah. The president's chief medical advisor, you've heard of him, yeah. Dr. Fauci. Mm-hmm. He told CNN State of the Union that scientists need more information before drawing conclusions about Omicron's severity. Reports from South Africa, where it emerged, um, says it's becoming the dominant strain, but hospitalization rates have not increased dramatically. <laughs> You're not as excited as I have. I mean, be. I've reached the point in my life where I'm the only verbal communication I have pretty much now is just grunts. Mm-hmm. You go. Uh, I understand why people do that. Yeah. Omicron's been detected in about a third of U.S. states, by, uh, including the Northeast right here in Pennsylvania. We got it. We got the Omicron. Yeah. But Delta remains the dominant variant, making up more than 99% of cases and driving a surge of hospitalizations in the North. Look, I have all these pages about it, but look, I'm just going to skip Forget over it. Please do. Yeah. That's from the AP today. Number three, John. Saturday night was a huge night. Surrounded by smiles confetti i never thought they could do it i just i just pitt celebrated its long sought after goal of winning an acc championship and then yesterday found out where they're going to next so it looks like michigan state will be their opponent in the peach bowl they're going to be playing 7 p.m thursday december 30th at mercedes-benz stadium in atlanta it's a bad time televised on espn well how about the national the two games are on new year's eve yeah how about penn state at noon on New Year's Eve. Penn State. Where's Penn State going? Um, I, th- I, I would have looked it's, it's except that like, I don't care. It's one of those like, you know. It's not one of the top four at fours, people. You know, I don't know. It's, it's not, you know, it's Meineke Muffler Bowl or something like yeah, that. Yeah, big they, deal. They used to be like great names. Now yeah, they're like, no, you know. it's not. Uh, Michigan uh, State Spartans were ranked 10th in the College Football Playoff Committee's final top 25. Pitt. No, Michigan State. Oh. Yeah. Um, they're going to be the highest ranked team that Pitt's played all season. We ended up at 12. I feel good about it. Uh, did we pit. end up at 12, or is 12 the highest we went? No, Yeah, we were 12. Yeah. Uh, it's Pitt's first appearance in a New Year's Six Bowl game since the college football playoff era started in 2014. It's been a long time coming. It was coming. a great night. Sure you know was. what I loved? The D. You know, you know I loved the, the, the fake slide, which I know we cannot assume we can, can continue because I understand why that's bad, but yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I rejoiced in it. And... Just seeing Pitt, like, with confetti and everything on a podium, getting... Really? I thought that would never happen. I had to adjust my TV. I couldn't what? believe it. What's going on there? I loved it. I'm wearing my Pitt shirt. Hey, fabulous. Look, do you see? Very nice. You see how I'm wearing that? For nice. those of you. Right home streaming live on YouTube, so look at the word Pittsburgh. Number four. Yep. Huge, huge win last night. After a lackluster first half on offense, actually three quarters of it, the Steelers beat the hated Ravens at home 2019, and it was awesome. Sure was. And I loved it. Trailing 10-3 through three quarters, Ben Roethlisberger led three game-winning drives, capped off by his five-yard touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson. Wasn't that something? Fabulous. Look, the music's gone because I talked so long. I got so excited about 
if, if you can't get excited about your alma mater, finally, after all these years winning something, I mean, yeah. you'd be disappointed in me if I wasn't. Anyway, with the win, Steelers moved to 6-5-1, and one, and they're one and a half games back of the Raven. You know why it's a half a game? Why? Because the tie. Because it's so stupid. I mean, they're not going to be. Do you want them to be in the playoffs? Yes! Come on. It's going to be sad. You know, you know what's ahead? You know what's ahead is like why, a lot of tragedy. Why would you not want them to be because in the playoffs? Because they're not a you know they're not a playoff team. Okay, so somehow that's sadder than not being in the playoffs. Kind of. No, it's because like like, You're like wrong. I'm gonna like get all ready for You're like the wrong. playoff game and go let's go Steelers and then it's gonna be like 45 to three and then you go. Oh, that was horrible. Okay, well, you're so the one. I don't want to do that. One. How many points did he say uh, Steelers were going to score? Yeah, how'd Seven. that go for you? Not too good. Okay. What? Oh, oh, what was the final score? 2019. Whoa, 20. I was off by, whoa, holy smokes. Come don't, on. Don't try to make yourself look bad. Uh, I'm not. I'm just saying. They're not. I mean, I love Ben, and Ben's going to – that was so good yesterday. Ben was so emotional. You go, know, like, that's old school the Steelers. The whole thing. I, I was it. so – Happy for him. Me too. To kind of take all the haters and just say, you know what? What do you know that? Right? Do you know that if he retires after this year, he will be the quarterback who has played the longest with any team in NFL history. What? Yep. Really? It's true. That's shocking. That's why I'm here. I'm surprised by that. Really surprised by Mm -hmm. that. All right. Well, let's delve in a little bit deeper. We need to step away. Except not with Greg Clugston. Greg Clugston with us live from the White House. We are going to talk about Bob Dole. Oh, I love that too. Yeah. Uh, we're also going to talk about what? Oh, the diplomatic boycott at the Olympics. Does that mean I can't watch it? No, it's I'm still at watching your own peril. the Olympics. And a Zoom call. Okay. Putin and Biden. 101.5 WORD. It was the night before Christmas, and all through the place, everyone had such a smile on their face. Mortgage or rent had been paid for all next year. It was the Christmas mortgage miracle sweepstakes that brought so much cheer. You too can enter before it drops out of sight. Enter one, enter all, and to all a good night. Sign up to win now at wordfm.com. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985... We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to Save the Children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. Will you give the gift of life to a child today? Even a little that you can give will make a huge difference. 
please call now. 888-884-4836. 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836. Or give online at savechildrentoday.org. That's savechildrentoday.org. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at BoozBugStoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Boo's Bug Stoppers at BoozBugStoppers.com. First guest on Monday afternoon is Greg Clugston from SRN News, Salem Radio Network. He's the White House correspondent. Greg, a, a lot going on in Washington, D.C. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, John. Hi, Kathy. Good to be here. Thank Great. you. Yeah, Pleasure. happy Thank to see you, you Greg. Uh, let's start off remembering Bob Dole. Uh, passed away yesterday at the age of 98. Uh, there were a lot of tributes in a lot of uh, online uh, periodicals, blog sites, on social media today. Um, a lot of video clips like John and I uh, checked out over the last couple hours. Um, what do you think of when you think of Bob Dole, Greg? Yeah, I think of somebody who was really almost stern looking, but had such a, an amazing sense of humor in his leadership post. Hmm. Um, and if you've been watching, I don't know what video clips you've been seeing, but uh, he he was known for having at times a, a wit that was maybe a little sharp edged, but also he could also be very self-deprecating, which mm-hmm. is, I think, uh, I think that's a must in politicians to be self-deprecating, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bob Dole certainly was that. And you think of longevity, you think of somebody who overcame uh, wounds that he re- physical wounds that he received um in war on behalf of the United States and uh, just a lifelong of service. He was a very interesting man and a man who for many years at the height of his uh, political career in Washington was uh, very, very influential and had a lot of, uh, you know, had a lot of government leadership power. Yeah. And uh, close, but no cigar several times uh, for the bid for the presidency. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But he made that into a great uh, gag, right? He, continued to bring it up like you know what he said once you acknowledge the fact that you're a loser everybody loves you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah he was not only a runner for the white house bid three times and of course in 1996 he did win the republican party's presidential nomination so he was on the ticket uh in 96 and ended up losing to bill clinton who was an incumbent and he and clinton was running for re-election but that was that was three times he was running as for president. He was also on the ticket with Gerald Ford in 76 mm. as the vice presidential nominee for the GOP, too. That seems like a long, long time ago. You know, that's right? that's the only uh, political rally I ever went to. Really? It was, was a Dole Kemp rally. Dole Kemp? Uh-huh, at Point State Park here in Pittsburgh. Interesting. It was... I, and, you know, I I wasn't all that much of a Bob Dole fan. I really liked Jack Kemp at the time. But anyway, I talked about it on the air a couple of years ago, and somebody sent me a um, bumper sticker, a Dole Kemp bumper sticker that I keep in my office. <laughs> Fabulous. Right. Didn't pan out very you well know, for the ticket. Something something else I think about uh, when when I think about Bob Dole is that here here was somebody who obviously he had uh, leadership on Capitol Hill, the inner workings of, you know, how to, you know, pass legislation, work with members of the opposite party uh, when it was possible and that kind of thing. And there have been any number of politicians that have been in a situation 
like what Bob Dole was, and they run for president, and it doesn't translate to the American mm -hmm. people. They either thought he was, you know, he, he talks in government ease, you know, language, right. or he didn't come across as kind of that warm, friendly guy you'd like to, you know, go to a barbecue in a backyard with kind of thing. And you think of Al Gore, and you think of other other candidates over the years that kind of fell into that category. But after he left office and in some of interviews, like there's even a clip going around three days after he lost to Bill Clinton, he was interviewed on the David Letterman late night show. Wow. And his humor and his warmth and uh, his wit uh, and his self-deprecation, it was off the charts. No and people probably uh, were thinking, wow, where was that on the campaign trail? Interesting. I mean, Hillary Clinton took a walk in the woods, right? That was her response. Right. And Bob Dole goes on national television with David Letterman. Uh, that's a gutsy move on his part. Hey, speaking of a gutsy move, um, the New York Times had a great profile of, of Bob Dole today. And they said that when he was a young boy, you know, I don't know, five or six years old, when the Dust Bowl reached its peak, he and his family had to live in their basement for a year. No kidding. Yeah. Can you believe that? No. And then, of course, they talked about his war, his war wounds that he laid there, you know, ostensibly bleeding to death for nine hours before he was evacuated. No kidding. And, of course, his plan was to become a surgeon before the war. Um, and of course, he ended up hand. he ended up being the recipient of multiple surgeries um, after that. And his his convalescence uh, took thirty nine months, and he was at his hometown in Russell, Kansas. And every time someone asked him about that later in any public space, he was moved to tears and couldn't talk about it. In hmm. fact, when he was when it was obvious he was going to lose uh, the election, he was at this event um, in. Uh, Let's see where it was. It was in Des Moines with his friend, uh, John McCain. And John said, this is the last crusade of a great warrior. He said, a member of a generation of Americans who went out and made the world safe for democracy so that we could have lives that were far better for ourselves and for our children. Mm -hmm. I and mean, Mr. Dole stood there next to him and cried. A lot of people would just kind of shrug their shoulders now, right? I mean, that greatest generation template, yeah. as Cass said, and, and, and Greg, you made it mention of it as well. He's the last of the last in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. Representing and, and being a member of that greatest generation as we have now defined it. Uh, I was on a cross-country trip several years ago, and we stopped in Russell, Kansas. Did you, and, you really? Uh, big sign, home of Bob Dole, and of course, beloved in Kansas. And yeah. a few years ago, as his health was deteriorating and after he had already left uh, his service on uh, in Congress on Capitol Hill and after his failed 1996 White House bid, he visited every one of the counties in Kansas one last time wow. as sort of a you know a tribute farewell tour and really? a thank you to the to the citizens is of that, that state. right that's so cool is that right fabulous we're well, talking with greg clarkson from SRN news white house correspondent greg let's move forward and talk about a famous zoom call that's happening tomorrow give us the details there yeah, yeah, the three of us are going to be uh, back on Zoom tomorrow <laughs> Great, morning. I can't wait. Uh, oh, wait, not that. No, not that call. Okay, I'm sorry. I confused that. I'm sorry. Yes, this is going to be, I don't know, I don't think it's going to be Zoom, perhaps, but it will be a video conference call between President Biden and Russian President Putin. Will uh, it shut off after 45 if they haven't bought the more expensive plan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hope I hope they've uh, subscribed to the appropriate level. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a big deal, though, That would right? be a little embarrassing, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it is well, a big deal. It is a big deal because there are any number of issues uh, at, on a normal day between the U.S. and Russia that should be addressed, need to be addressed. Um, and Ukraine is at the top of the list. By some estimates, there are up to 70,000 Russian troops that have amassed along the Ukrainian border. Now, 
Putin insists that there is no imminent invasion. But it begs the question uh, among U.S. leaders and a lot of American allies, then what are the troops there for? And so this is going to be a major topic of of discussion. Just last week, the Secretary of State Blinken was meeting with uh, his his counterparts in uh, NATO and other countries, and uh, they are all raising concerns, if not issuing warnings about potential or likely consequences if there is an invasion by Russia into Ukraine. So that's topic number one. But obviously, Iran and cybersecurity and uh, just general uh, stability, security in that part of the world is going to be a big topic of conversation for these two leaders And Alexei Navalny, he's kind of fallen off the radar. Right, the radar. I mean, I get he's still in prison and he's still sick, I guess. That's the best we know. Sure. Yeah, there there are lots. To, there are a lot of those issues to talk about. So the White House was saying, look, there is going to be a range of topics that will be discussed. But obviously, and the White House acknowledges this, uh, Ukraine is going to be the, the major the, the major source of, of concern that the, that the United States is going to be expressing. And the, there there have been plans by this administration to uh, issue sanctions and take other steps necessary. Uh, but the White House, of course, won't go into what those are until it's, it does become necessary, if in fact it does. I see. So tomorrow. So, Craig, I'm always interested in the mechanics of something like this. So, uh, like you said, it's not a Zoom call, although it is a conference call. But any idea what the particulars are? Who's in the room? How many people are around? You know, well, It has to be a lot. Yeah. What's that whole setup like? Any idea? Yeah, we were asking about that earlier today. We didn't get a, a, a detailed answer. We will get a better sense of it afterwards, of course. But this is very similar to a few weeks ago right. when the president had a call with the president of China, President Xi. And so in that case, um, I, I didn't think it was in the Oval Office. I, my memory is that it was just across the hall from the Oval Office in the Roosevelt Room. It's a large conference room, okay. has a long rectangle table there. And so what you have is you had the president basically sitting at the head of the table and the camera is aimed toward him. There are a couple of TV monitors in the room. Um, and then there were a few close aides. Maybe the secretary of state is there. Certainly the national security advisor is there. You've got a, you know, a couple of uh, people working with translation, interpretation, uh, that kind of thing. So it's, it's not a large group that's in the, in the room, but there are a few people that will be right around the table just off camera from from President Biden. And we can assume that in Moscow or wherever uh, President Putin is, he would have a, a similar arrangement. Right. Well, anytime people get together and are able to share, whether it's face to face or over a camera, this has got to be good. I mean, at least the people are talking to each other. Yeah. Right. And we've heard this not only from the Biden administration, but previous administrations saying that there is value in communication and mm-hmm. and searching for diplomatic answers to problems and that uh, you, it's important to talk to people even when you disagree and even if uh, you are enemies on certain issues. So uh, this this should be seen generally as a positive step, uh, but one that is being taken cautiously. Cautiously, though, by the White House. Greg Clugston with us. Speaking of video conferencing, he's joining us right now on Zoom. The Ride Home is streaming live on YouTube at The Word Pittsburgh. So you can see John and I having our conversation right now with Greg. Um, All right. So let's talk about uh, continual international relations. When it comes to the Olympics, it looks like the U.S. delegation is not going to happen. That's right. We got the official word at the White House briefing a couple, three hours ago. And this is a diplomatic 
boycott. So that means that the United States is not going to be sending any diplomats or official government officials representing the United States government to the games. That would include the president, the vice president, spouses of the of the president or vice president, uh, as was the case with the summer games. Uh, that's not going to happen. So that doesn't mean Uh, It's not going to affect the American athletes, American athletes who have been training and planning for these Olympics. They are still going to go and they still will compete, but it's going to be at the official government diplomatic level where there's going to be no American representation. Mm. All right. So people just, and the the reason I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The, the reason the reason is to protest human rights abuses and genocide in in China. So this Good. is an effort to uh, to bring Good that cause to, that. to the uh, to the global front there. Fabulous. Well, from a conversation just this second about something very interesting to something, you know, very important, something not as much. I'm wearing my pit shirt today, Greg, because I don't ah. know if you kept up with the fact that the pit was crowned ACC champs on Saturday evening. Was that something that you took in viewing wise? Was that important to you? Uh, n- well, no, That's no. Sad. Uh, I didn't see that. it. I mean, I, I have a good reason for not watching it or, or being a part of it. I had, I had another event on my personal calendar, but, um, I did hear though the result after mm-hmm. the fact. It was terrific. Now you had some kids who went to Michigan. Is that true? Yeah, well, schools in Michigan, but not oh, the University, but not the of, University Michigan. of Michigan. Oh, so perhaps that's a sensitive subject. Perhaps they, you know, are filled with loathing against Ann Arbor. <laughs> no, no, it's not. I mean, just just so you know, I did graduate work at Michigan State. So, oh, uh, well, Michigan, then all of a sudden yeah. we're like we're we're enemies at this point up until the bowl game. Yeah, who, who's much, an enemy? Pretty much. Well, he went to Michigan State. He's that's our opponent. It was for graduate work. Okay. Right, so it was a little different. John's always trying to tamp everything down, It's a little Greg. different, Greg. That's all, that's all. It's hard. Thank you, John. John's yeah. being the peacemaker Thank here. you very much, so. On a Zoom call, I might add. Always a pleasure, Greg. Thanks for stopping Good by. Good to see you, Greg. Greatly value your input. Thanks. Greg Clarkson, SRN News White House correspondent. Check him out online, wordfm.com, or on his face right there. We've been talking about Zoom. What, do, what would it be like to be fired on Zoom? The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers, and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at oozebugstoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Boo's Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved with local communities. Get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. 
What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. Visit Salem.cc to apply. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Mostly cloudy skies for tonight. Winds gradually subsiding. It'll be much colder with a low of 23. Much colder tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. The high 32. Cloudy skies tomorrow night with a bit of snow late. Accumulating a coating to an inch. Low 24. A thick cloud cover Wednesday with a stray flurry. Wednesday will reach a high of 33. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. So working from home has been a real plus for a lot of people, especially people who had small kids or people whose kids were not able to be in school because of COVID. So them being able to work at home kind of allowed their family to continue to function, right? So uh, it's been a plus for a lot of people. It was a... worked out well for us for a year plus very very happy for us to be back however um but an article that i saw today i don't know it 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 let me in on something i never would have even contemplated um headlines are that a a mortgage company uh, called better.com informed 900 employees via zoom that they had been fired what Vishal Garg, that's his name, the executive, could be seen in the video, and I'm reading here from Fox Business. The executive could be seen in the video behind a desk attempting to tell his employees what was happening. He tells them he does not, quote, have great news (laughs) and said that the last time he was forced to make a similar announcement, he cried. Um, Apparently, uh, according to the Sacramento Bee, the company has offices in three states and just received a a $750 million cash infusion. The firm's valued at $7 billion. Um, So the question is, isn't there a better way to lay off that many people? Wait, you you fire 900 Uh people. They're worth billions of dollars. Yep. Is business bad? I well, the, or is it this just a, a grab? It's a, this was the quote he said. The market has changed, as you know, and we have to move with it in order to survive. He said. He told the employees in the video conference that if they were watching him, that means they have been laid off. About nine percent of the company was let go. I'd close my eyes. All right, so you know, I, I don't know enough about business to be able to assess whether that is an equitable thing to do. My, to me, the question is. How have this is an interesting point that that we're in. So we're we're getting benefit a lot of us out of working from home. Sure. And yet, if we don't go into an office, if we're going to be terminated, 
how would that happen? Like you just described. How do you how do nine hundred people log on to a Zoom call at one time? What are the dynamics of that? That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that would work. I have no idea. Hmm. Boy. So you're not seeing 900 people. Now, there was another story I saw today about Weight Watchers letting people go online also. And they there was a, a photograph, like a screen grab. It was, the, it was the desktop Zoom call, and there were maybe nine faces in it. And there was the supervisor in the middle, and they were telling all the nine people that they had been let go. So they were all in the same Zoom call together. They could see each other's faces while they were let go. Now, that does not appear to be the case because, of course, you couldn't have 900 I mean, faces on a screen. That'd be humiliating, time. wouldn't it? Whether it's nine people or 900 and your face is on camera, imagine you, you know, the shock and disappointment on your face and then you're looking at other people that you may or may not know. Be terrible. Right? Okay, but here's the question. If you're working from home, yeah. is this, should you expect more? If you don't have any face-to-face interaction with your supervisor or with your boss's boss's boss, whoever's making that decision, should you expect to find out a different way? What would be the ideal way? Well, there's no ideal way no, to find right. out that you're no, fired. No, there isn't. But. What, a personal phone call? No one's going to make phone I feel like a personal calls. phone call. Or no. maybe a, per- no, a personal Zoom call that's just you no, and your supervisor. No, no you don't no, think so? No. I would imagine, what do you think? well, the 900 at one time, that seems rough. But then, you know, okay, so then you lose your job in a 900-person Zoom call and then follow it up immediately by HR with this is your, you know, this is termination notice, here's your benefit package. This is, I imagine that's what happened, right? Didn't right to say try that. to soften the blow. I don't know. There's no perfect way to be fired, believe me. You know, if you've ever been fired, you know what that's like. And so it can be very an, volatile, yeah. very emotional. Right, sure, of course. So this is an un, is this an unintended consequence of our new way yeah, of working? I, I believe so. Look, if, if the president of the free world is reaching across, across to, you know, the, the, the dictator of communist China or Russia, and they're having a Zoom call, well, why wouldn't you be hired and fired by Zoom as well? It's just the way the world is now. That's all. Christy, were you hired? We did your interview on Zoom. Yep. Did were you offered the job via Zoom or was it were you in person? No, via Zoom. No, actually, well, email. It was email. Yeah. Okay. We talked to you, which is the weirdest thing. Wasn't the weirdest thing. I I despised it so much. But to do an interview on Zoom. I didn't even want to make eye contact with Christy. I didn't know her. I'm sure that made you feel good, Christy. That's great. Thanks for letting me know. No, it's true, though. Like I, I felt so awkward. It was horribly awkward. Wasn't it awkward for you? That was like my fifth one, so oh, it was It was horribly whatever. awkward for me. I just did, oh. I didn't think it was that bad. Oh, I hated it so much. Seriously, I could not make eye contact with you. Why? I don't know. It just felt weird. I, you know, just, because it felt what impersonal? What do I have? Like, deeply interpersonal. Yeah. Impersonal. In, yeah. Okay. The worst. I hope I never, ever have to do that again. And I like Chrissy, you. I enjoyed our lot. interview. I, I did? didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel like it was awkward. What? You're getting to know somebody. <laughs> The worst. Okay. All right. So if so, if you were hired on Zoom. Then you would be fired you, on Zoom. Okay. You don't think that someone should call you? No. I think somebody should call you. I don't. Whatever. I think somebody should call you. This is How hard this is that? This is just the world. Pick up the phone. The say, world hey, sorry. There's a lot of people. Anyway. Okay. I'm glad Christy got hired. It was just an awkward phone call. I'm not going to fire her. I'm not. I don't have that. I didn't, fi- I didn't hire her. I didn't fire her. Well. The heck. We're just glad. I have, she has to be here for 20 years. She might fire I don't know if me. she knew that. She's going to fire me next. She's, no, she's the boss.
101.5 WORD. This week on Insight for Living, Chuck Swindoll offers a fresh perspective on what it means to share our faith in Jesus Christ. Evangelism isn't a churchy thing. Evangelism is a Christian thing. It's the life of Christ being shared with someone else. We need to remember that. Gain a whole new appreciation for what it means to engage in the Great Commission when you listen this week to Insight for Living with Chuck Swindoll. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at McQueenBuildingCompany.com. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Looking for the perfect gift? Get them a shirt from Untuck It. Untuck It shirts are designed to be worn untucked. They're the easiest way to keep him looking sharp and feeling comfortable. You can't go wrong with their super soft flannels, wrinkle-free shirts, performance shirts with stretch, and cozy sweaters that are all perfect for right now. They even have a line for her. Find the perfect gift for every guy on your list at one of 80-plus Untuck It stores or at UntuckIt.com. Untuck it. Shirts designed to be worn, untucked. With today's technology, anyone can take a video. But getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great-looking videos for your social media, podcasts, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more, here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. Are you interested in helping people with addiction? Do you want to help others through private practice counseling? Waynesburg University offers a 100% online Master of Arts in Counseling degree, as well as a Ph.D. in Counselor Education and Supervision. Visit waynesburg.edu. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. I don't know what it is, but it seems like we're getting, you know, how you look back at yourself and you think, okay, well, you know, I'm in better shape than I was five years ago, or I, you know, I understand things now. I'm wiser in my marriage than I was five years ago. Or, yeah. And then you kind of look at, you know, to kind of the meta view and you think, okay, I'm, America's worse in the way than it was five years ago. In some ways, we look back on America, we think, you know, how America treated Vietnam veterans. It was atrocious at that time. Now, when you see a veteran, Much nine better. times out of ten, you hear somebody say, thank you for your service. Right. And you we've, think, wow, that's really, from our that's really good. The, we've, like, the country's matured in that way. Well, 
when it comes to just discourse, just talking it out, difficult issues that are divisive, man, we're bottoming out. So by saying all that, do you believe that there's hope for a better day tomorrow? Well, that we'll learn something to. from this? I have to. All right. Well, Carl Truman is with us. Carl's a regular guest on our show. He joins us from the Department of Biblical Religious Studies at Grove City College, where he teaches courses on the history of religious thought. His new book is called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Carl, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. Carl, what do you think about that? Do you think that we, in in just general culture, are bottoming out, like I said, when it comes to being able to talk with one another face-to-face or even online? Well, it's, uh, I, I'm mindful of the line in Shakespeare that as long as you can say it is the worst, it is not the worst. That's, yeah, that's good. So I'm not sure that we're bottoming out, but we're certainly heading downwards, I think. Yes. The standard of public discourse, the ability to handle difference, the ability for people of differing viewpoints to talk civilly and constructively with each other is certainly uh, on the decline, I think, at the moment. Yes. Not just in the United States, but I think across the world. And I, I think probably for a lot of people, whether it's in academia or media or, you know, any place where you're engaged with thought and uh, insight and teaching, learning, right? I think probably for a lot of people, they kind of go, sooner or later, that thing is going to come from me. Right, they, I may be subject to the whims of the of the mob, the crowd, and, and I wonder, you know, Carl, for yourself as a, as a teacher, as an academic, and especially on a very specific Christian college campus, how do you intersect what's happening today in our cancel culture with what goes on in the classroom? Because you know, we've all read stories of a professor will say X during the classroom, whether it's you know an illustration or whatnot, and then all of a sudden it blows up, and that person you know is on the hot seat. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think, of course, um, Grove City College is not typical from that perspective because we're a conservative Christian college. So I think a lot of the things that to use the trendy language, trigger students on other campuses. Yes. Typically don't cause problems on Grove campus. But I'm, I'm very upfront in my classes. I like to stress right at the very start of each course that my classes are free speech zones. Mm. As far as I'm concerned, the students can express whatever viewpoint they wish in the classroom, as long as they do it respectfully, and as long as they listen to alternative viewpoints, that's okay. Uh, I see my role as teacher, you know, I'm never teaching from nowhere. I stand in a very firm Christian position, and I think that's what makes a Christian college distinctive, that faculty have a particular position from which they address their subjects. But I don't see that as excluding uh, the students being able to, to make interventions in any way they wish, as long as they're respectful. I, I like to think that the classroom and the teacher should model for students what proper interactive discourse should be right but carl isn't the problem though and, and I, i'm not sure of this is just my perception that even speaking of um politics whether you know left or right or sexual or gender issues lbgtq and trans and that whole thing by even speaking of that in the classroom especially to young students then in some ways that may be, especially from the outside looking in, an endorsement of said issue, and that's where the problem starts. Yeah, and I think that works both left and right. Look at classrooms and think, well, if, if person X is, is, is teaching on this idea, they must be affirming it. 
I take the view as a teacher that my task is to prepare my students for the outside world. So when we engage ideas in, in the classroom, I want them to engage the most powerful idea that stands in opposition to what they believe and think so they can handle it. So, for example, when I do my Capstone Humanities course at Grove, we have a section where I deal with ethics, and I talk about Peter Singer, uh, who, of course, is the, the notorious uh, ethicist from Princeton who argues for infanticide, euthanasia. In many ways, he argues for many, many wicked things. When I teach Peter Singer, I am Peter Singer in the classroom. Yes. I want to present his arguments in the way that I think if he was in the class, he would say, yeah, Truman, I, I think you got me right. Because I see it as my job to make sure that students are prepared to meet the best arguments they disagree with, because that's what's going to happen when they leave the college campus, when they right. go into the real world. They're going to need to know how these people think. Carl, that's an unusual approach to many people who are listening to this program, I bet. Why, that he's being intentionally yes. provocative in yes. some way. I don't yeah, know, even know if it's intentionally provocative. I think you're just trying to be accurate. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think as a Christian teacher, uh, the Ninth Commandment applies even when I'm teaching people I disagree with. So it, it behooves me to treat them fairly and present them accurately in the classroom. But secondly, I see my role as teacher not to, to clone myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, among my students, but to help my students think in strong, clear, pungent, powerful ways. And the only way to do that is to make them wrestle with some of the most difficult ideas that, that we find in our society at the moment and teach them, yeah, these ideas are powerful, but we can push back. There are arguments we can offer in opposition to this. Right. No, but isn't the pushback, though, Carl? I'm sure you've gotten this as well. Wait a second. I'm a parent, and I'm paying tuition for my child to go to a conservative Christian college. And I don't want all my work undone. Right. And all of a sudden, I see kids walking around campus, and, you know, they're wearing rainbow face masks. So apparently, you know, there's activism on campus, and that's the last thing I want. Well, thankfully, I don't, uh, I don't see that on Grove City campus. But I certainly see my role as, as, a, as a teacher to, to teach students. Now, of course, you need to remember that when a teacher's teaching, uh, I teach complete courses. I don't teach individual classes. So any individual class you might come to, you might hear an idea from me and say, well, I, I really disagree with what he said in, in that class. But, of course, I'm teaching a whole course. So there are classes I teach where I throw out ideas to students and say, you need to think about this. Then later in the course, I'll return to that idea and show, and now you can see how as Christians we can push back on this. Or how, while that seemed to make sense, in actual fact, there is a response we can give to that. So I would say to, to parents, you know, don't judge courses by individual lectures. Don't judge a college by a particular person who might show up for a day and give a particular lecture. You have to look at the whole package. You have to look at the whole educational form in order to see what's really going on. Carl, everything you're saying is, I, I support fully, but it is completely at odds with just about, you know, I'd say 90% of what you see on social media. Now, we've talked to you long enough to know that you're not interested in social media. <laughs> that doesn't keep you up at night, and I also appreciate that about you. Um, yeah. But but you, I mean, you're really swimming upstream in that regard. I am all for it because I feel like we've just allowed ourselves to become siloed to the point of just, you know, uh, inability to think mature thoughts uh, because all we do is keep talking to people who just reinforce everything that we already think. Yeah, and that's where 
I, I think that as a teacher, I have to encourage students to get beyond that. Now, as you say, I'm swimming upstream on this. I can't, I can't influence hundreds of thousands of people, but I like to think that in any given class I teach, maybe there are five, 10, maybe even 20 students. Maybe if I can help them to think more clearly about how they use social media, about what real discourse looks like in the public sphere, then I can sleep at night. The people that the Lord has placed in my orbit are the ones that I try to, to influence positively and, and do that by, by precept and by example in the classroom. By example, Good for right. you, Carl. Uh, but again, you know, uh, people think that the other side, whatever that other side is, they are the enemy now. And so if they are the enemy, they are nameless and faceless, faceless and it's all about ideology. And so I must stamp out that ideology at all costs. Yeah, and again, the question is, of course, how do you stamp out that ideology? And I would say the best way is to teach young people that actually that ideology is bad. And you don't do that by by simply hurling abuse at it. Mm -hmm. You do that by teaching the students to think through the issues that that particular ideology you're addressing is is going for. And when I teach ancient church, I always say to students, you know, the thing about heresy is every heresy in the Christian faith usually asks a legitimate question. It gives a hopelessly wrong answer. Mm-hmm. But the question's usually legitimate. And I would say with, with many of the ideologies we disagree with in the modern world, they're often asking legitimate questions. Yeah. The problem is not the question they ask. It's the answer they yeah. give. And so in the classroom, I'm going to say to students, we're going to ask these questions, but I'm going to show you better answers than some of the ones I'm going to expand to you coming from other people. Carl, let me say in closing, just as a as a fellow believer in Jesus, I and I'll speak for John because I think you agree with me. I just thank you. I just I just appreciate the fact that even you know, you're talking about somebody like Pete Singer, you're treating him like a human being, and you're 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 talking about his ideas the way he'd like to talk about them. Even if you think they're abhorrent, you're still treating him respectfully, and I think that that also goes a long way just to teaching humanity to young people, which I think is another thing we're lacking on social media. So thank you for that. Yeah, and I think that's, that's a good point. When you, when you know somebody as a human being, it's difficult to treat them as a, merely as a collection of ideas. But I'd also reiterate what I say. When I teach people I criticize, it's a Ninth Commandment issue to me. Mm-hmm. Christians are obliged, I think, to present people fairly and honestly, even when they're criticizing them. This is Dr. Carl Truman, Department of Biblical and Religious Studies at Grove City College, author of The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, Cultural Amnesia, Expressive Individualism, and the Road to Sexual Revolution. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. It really is remarkable. There's more than 400,000 members now who have shared more than $4 billion in medical bills. So they can handle your bills too. And here's the thing. If you joined before December 15th, They'll waive your new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second, but call and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline, December 15th. So call now and you'll save even more. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. 
This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes. I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay zero dollars. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock family dentistry where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care that takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say listen to their past experiences because that's all important in how i then present treatment to them formulate a treatment plan for them and how we move forward with their treatment at our office my mommy is a really good dentist and she'll take good care of you harry highway in wexford at stockfamilydentistry.com the top baby names for 2021 are out, John. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the, uh, let's see, I've got the top 50 here, and I can get to the next 50. But um, can I give you some, high, maybe I should start with uh, 10 and go to 1. Okay. You want to start with boys or girls? Uh, girls, please. Okay. Omicron, number one? No. Um, Omicron. Uh, it's, oh, it's Omicron, not with no well, end. Like there. I care. Like okay. it really matters. Harper's number 10. Harper, number 10. For a girl, Harper. Mm-hmm. Harper Lee. Okay. Luna. Right. Luna Lovegood. That's what Luna is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Mia. Mm-hmm. Isabella. Charlotte. That's my cat's name. Sophia. Ava. I love an Ava. Amelia. Earhart. Emma's number two. Mm-hmm. Number one girl's name of the year, Olivia. Very nice. How All do you feel the, about this? They're very pretty. Mm-hmm. You, you I, have any problem with any of those? Uh, I don't know anyone by the name of Luna, but I would not have a problem with that. It's just very You didn't like name. Harry Potter, so that doesn't mean anything oh, right, to you. Okay, yeah, okay. No, I, they're all they're all they're lovely names. Okay. That, what's interesting? They are they are sort of old new names. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love old new names. Let's yeah. talk boys then. All right. Ten. We have Ethan, mm-hmm. James, very nice. Asher, Levi. How do you feel about Levi? It's okay. You don't like it, Lucas, Elijah, mm-hmm. Al- Oliver. Mm-hmm. Number two is Noah. Mm-hmm. Number one, Liam. Liam. Good Irish name. Liam, Liam Neeson. Isn't Liam's an Irish name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, how do you feel about those? They're fine. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. I like Unusual. Oliver. I like Oliver a lot. Oliver, it's funny that Oliver's Oliver. number three for boys and Olivia is number one for yeah. girls. Now, is Kathy on this list? No. And I looked, Christy isn't on it either. Uh, John is. John is number 48 on the list. And in John, for years, John was never on the list. I mean, when I was growing up, every other kid was named John. Yeah. You go to a restaurant, 
they go, what's your name, John? No, could you have, give you a different name because we've got like eight Johns in front of you? Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Anyway, everything old is new again. Right? So what, so you're coming, but you're going to be in the top ten next year? No. Christy and I are nowhere. Your David's coming. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Presidents Biden and Putin will have a video call tomorrow amid rising tensions between the U.S. and Russia. Correspondent Greg Cluxton reports. The U.S. and its allies are concerned about a Russian troop buildup on the Ukrainian border that's seen as a sign of a potential invasion. The White House says Mr. Biden will press U.S. concerns about those military activities and reaffirm America's support for the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Ukraine. The last known call between the two leaders was in July. Greg Clugston, the White House. Health officials say that while the Omicron variant of the coronavirus is rapidly spreading in the country, early indications suggest that it may be less dangerous than Delta, which continues to drive a surge of hospitalizations. Omicron has been detected in about a third of U.S. states. The Dow had 637 points, the S&P up 57. This is SRN News. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is is windowsaroundspittsburgh.com. For most of us, it's hard to even look at. We've all seen images of a hungry child. She can barely move because that hunger has left her exhausted, lifeless. There's a name for this. It's severe acute malnutrition. Save the Children works in poor areas and cares for the child you're thinking of right now. But they can't do it without you. Your $60 gift to save the children can provide the emergency nutrition needed to bring a child back from the verge of death. Will you give the gift of life to a child today? Even a little that you can give will make a huge difference. Please call now, 888-884-4836, 888-884-4836. That's 888-884-4836, or give online at SaveChildrenToday.org. That's SaveChildrenToday.org. You may be into punk rock, soft rock, or classic rock, R&B, hip-hop, or house, country, techno, or techno country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about Comirnaty, COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. 
This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. As a veteran media sales professional, a six-figure income is within your reach. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager of Word FM. Here at Salem Media Pittsburgh, we offer highly experienced sales and marketing professionals like you all the support and tools necessary to reach your earning potential through custom on-air campaigns, unique events, and over 50 social media and digital products. Visit Salem.cc to apply. Salem Media is an equal opportunity employer. Mostly cloudy skies for tonight. Winds gradually subsiding. It'll be much colder with a low of 23. Much colder tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. The high 32. Cloudy skies tomorrow night with a bit of snow late. Accumulating a coating to an inch. Low 24. A thick cloud cover Wednesday with a stray flurry. Wednesday will reach a high of 33. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming with us. Sunsetting. It's a gorgeous sunset. It is such a beautiful night. Sunsetting over the uh, water tower here at Seven Parkway Center. It seems like it doesn't sound quite as romantic when I said it like that. We should make a postcard of the water tower. It is so beautiful outside now, though. Yeah. Very nice. Finders keepers. You hear stories like this from time to time, and you think, what the heck? This is a really wild story, though. Check this out. Um, a mountain climber who discovered a metal box filled with precious gems buried for decades on a glacier off of France's most Mount Blanc has been rewarded a share of the treasure eight years after he found it. Uh, the mountaineer. What, what, what was it doing there? Yeah, there's uh, like a bunch of gems, and he just finds them on a glacier. This story gets really bizarre and kind of heartbreaking. The mountaineer discovered the collection of emeralds, rubies, sapphires in 2013 after he was skiing and seeing something poking out of the snow and ice near the French-Swiss border. He found a box with "Made in India" inscribed on it that contained about a hundred of these precious stones. It's believed to belong, now this is where it's confusing to me, it's believed to have belonged to a passenger killed in one of two Air Indian flights that crashed in 1950 and 1966 near Mount Blanc. Now wait, so they're not sure which flight this person was on? Yes. 16 years apart. Multiple plane crashes on top of this mountain. The man carried the treasure to a local police station, but had to wait years to find out if he would be rewarded for his honesty. On Saturday, the mayor of the town on top of this mountain, the mayor's name is Eric Fronier, told uh, the French Press Institute that the mountaineer had shown integrity and announced that the stones had been shared this week. The treasure had been split into two equal lots. Both the man and local authorities are set to receive about $170,000 each. That's wonderful. Well, what about, I don't know. I mean, it's. Okay, let me ask you a question, though. If that was you, yeah. Christy, I'm asking you two to so get ready. If you find a suitcase filled with how many gems? A hundred. A hundred gems. Mm-hmm. Sapphires, sapphires Sap- rubies, okay. diamonds. And you're going to turn them in, yep. which is the thing you should do. Yep. 
would you put one in your pocket? What you, th- you would imagine that... Oh, like I, before I you turn it in, would you put one in your pocket? See, I think I would. I don't know. No, I feel no. Like, Look, here's... I, don't, I many... want to say I wouldn't. Of course I wouldn't do that. But I'm trying to be honest about who I am. I feel like... I feel like... I'm... Well, I think... And then I feel like I'd feel guilty about it and the next day I have to take it back. What? It just... It reeks of like some Edgar Allan Poe thing, or, or something. like Telltale Heart, like it's going to be beating in my ear, or something, or something. bad would happen. I, I think in this day and age, you would lay all the all the you know the, the gems on a table, take a photograph of them, count them by hand, so you know how many there were, and then turn them over. Why but, would you count them by hand? Because people say, "Oh, we only had thirty of them." Oh. Okay. No, no, clearly oh, there are a hundred. Oh, I counted that's a good them, point. then I took a photograph of them. You can see what I'm handing No, that's you. a good point. Okay, so you now you're trying to keep the local police force honest. Everybody, because everyone's going to do the same thing. Christy, what would you do? I would 100% put one in my pocket. Yeah, that's, I, thought, I think I would too. Then what do you do with it? No, no, then all of a sudden you gotta, i got to go fence this thing illegally. How many uh, mysteries have we all watched? And then something bad's going to happen. No, no, don't do it. Christy and I might end up incarcerated at some point. Or dead. At least we'll be together. No, that's not good. So you would not you would not even be tempted not, to do I that? I can't even answer that question. But, I mean, I just know the, more bad is going to come from this than well, good. Well, I agree. I agree. I'm just trying no, to get to the Then all of a sudden, of- you're, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. You wake up and you go, oh, that ruby that I've got sitting on my nightstand. And, oh, yeah. is someone knocking on my door? Yeah. Are they coming for me? They're here. No, that's the yeah. whole thing is Who wants bad. to live with that? No one. Christy, don't do it. Don't do it. Turn don't them all in. It. Come on. Listen to reason. I mean, I got pop bottles in my basement that are worth <laughs> two cents each, and I'm afraid to turn it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's bad things are going to happen. You don't want to do it. Oh, I, I, I'm just trying. You, I can't believe I'm not that. saying, listen, I'm no Boy Scout. You know, I just, you know, I have my own problems. But but that's, this is not one of them. Yeah, well, I just it's not worth it. Especially because it's not like you're stealing them; they're just they were like in the snow, so you kind of feel like you found them. It, to me, they'd be like public domain. Exactly. That's where that's, I'm with Kath, 100. percent Okay. Okay. So then you're saying that you would like not go to the authorities totally. No, would I just, would go to the authorities. Would. I would just keep no, see, one Christy's and put it in no. my pocket. Christy's not going. <laughs> she's not going at all. I think a lot of people would say what Christy's doing. Like I'm not going to engage local. What? Oh, now I'm giving money to like the local township. I right. mean, you found them. You found right. them. But Finders but they're a dead man's. They're a dead man's possessions. But how do you? You wouldn't know that. You knew where you were was the site of a plane crash. How he didn't know that? He, I'm sure local lore says two planes came down here. I bet he, the, but he, he he might not be from around there. He might not. He might. It might be like somebody from New he, Jersey who's hiking there. He might be the mayor's brother-in-law. I mean, you know, you, you don't know the relationship, but but anybody. Look, we talk about the plane that went down in the Mon. Everybody knows that story. Yeah, and that's you know, fifty years ago plus. I don't know that story. We'll tell you about that later. You're broke. <laughs> Hence why I would keep them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, see, now that's it. The desperation. Right. I don't know. I, I just think you're taking something that doesn't well, belong to you. Well, of course, we that's know that you badly. have the right answer. We know, we're not arguing that you have the right answer. We're just trying to get but to the root of our own The cost of, of doing that carries such a penalty on your life. All of a sudden, he's like Aesop. No, right? I'm just like- saying that everybody knows. <laughs> it's just too much. 
And what? Oh, that, I'm going to pay off my kids' st- student loans with a j- diamond. Then all of a sudden, he's all sullied sudden, as well. Yeah, we got King Solomon here who's going to give us a proverb. Right, what are just, you saying, uh, Chris? Wait. I said I have my own student loans. My parents don't pay mine. i got to pay them myself. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. It's curious. I don't think there's no there's nothing in that article that says that he knew that that was on the site of a plane crash. No, it's a short article. I'm mm-hmm. sure if you dug deeper into the story, right? If we had you know an investigative team, could you here do at that? FM, could you could you ask your people to look into that right. for the next 24? I could party pronounce the mayor's name. Mm-hmm. Just saying. All right, coming up next, Jen Rosner will join us. She is a Messianic Jew, so her perspective on Hanukkah, Advent, and Christmas. I want I want to know what it is. So we're going to ask her about that next. It's the Monday edition. It's the pit edition. The right home. 101.5 WORD. Dr. Charles Stanley. When you think about Christmas, what do you think about? You think about what the world has thrown at us. This is all about Jesus. This is all about the reconciling, forgiving, redeeming, justifying process of Almighty God. The teaching of Dr. Charles Stanley on In Touch, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. The Original Mattress Factory wants to help elevate your sleep experience this holiday season. We'll be giving away a queen-size adjustable bed set in our Comfort and Joy raffle. When paired with our hand-built mattresses, our premium adjustable beds make everyday activities like reading and watching TV in bed more comfortable. Visit any OMF location by December 18th to enter and for all official rules. No purchase is necessary to win. The Original Mattress Factory, bringing you tidings of comfort and joy this holiday season. A holiday is on the way, and that means one thing, mattress sales. Retailers will tell you it's their biggest mattress sale of the year. They'll make you feel like you have to buy now or you'll miss out on a great deal. At the Original Mattress Factory, we offer something better. Thanks to our factory direct business model, we're able to offer our lowest and best price to everyone, every day. So you can buy when you're ready. Visit an OMF location today to experience the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. The following is not an actor, but a real life story from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt, credit card debt, and I heard a commercial for Trinity. I gave them a call. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. When I first called, I was a little embarrassed and kind of ashamed, and I looked at the numbers and I saw how quickly that astronomical debt that was in my life would go away. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. What I would tell other people, please pick up the phone and call Trinity. Just let them put together a program and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. Call Trinity at 1-800-936-5496. That's 1-800-936-5496. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... And Doug. And we're back with Limu, Emu, and Doug for the final question. Category is things you climb. All right, Limu, what do you think? You sure? We're going with... Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Oh, so close. We were looking for stairs. Huh. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 liberty. Jen Rosner Smithis, he's a regular guest on our show. 
She joins us from Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. And Jen is a Messianic Jew. And so this is a very... I can't, Jen, welcome to the show. I, I was going to say fraught, but it's not a fraught time. It's a, it's a good time for you, isn't it? Despite the confusion. Yes, yes, it is. I would say it's a bit of both, actually. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. All right, so confusion, John. You meant that what? You've got Han- You've got Jewish holidays and you've got Christian holidays? Yeah, this is Advent, but we're also in the Hanukkah season as well. And Jen, you know, uh, you were raised as, as a Jew and now you're a believer in Jesus. So that's a, a bit of a collision course. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. You know, I've spent most of my adult life sort of in this hybrid identity in between space between Judaism and Christianity. And I find that there's, you know, certain seasons, certain times of year, certain, uh, you know, climates, uh, you know, religiously or politically or, or, or socially that, that tend to kind of highlight that tension. And, and this is certainly one of them, I would say. So if you're talking tension, does that mean it's something internal? Does that mean it's something in your family? Or is that something that like your faith community kind of, I don't mean this, you know, that they're doing it intentionally, but that they kind of put on you? Or is it is the tension a negative thing? Or is it just like, you know, what you're saying is before you is, in, you know, it's a, there's a tension between the two things. Yeah, I mean, all of the above to okay. both of those questions. Right, I yeah, would say, John... Yeah, John, to your question, it is, um, I would say, often experienced as a negative thing. But I would also say, and I, and I write about this in my forthcoming book, that it's through these tensions that have served as a kind of crucible in my life that some of the richest breakthroughs have come. Um, and I think that's, that's kind of biblical, right? Like it's, it's through the struggle and the toil that we come to these places of deeper self-identity and deeper connection with God in many ways. So, so it is negative maybe on the face of it, um, but, but I would say it's had a very rich outcome in my own experience and journey. And Kathy, to your question, I would say it's all of the above. It's very, uh, it's very internal in the sense of identity questions related to being Jewish and being a follower of Jesus and what does that look like in terms of daily practice and spiritual um, habits and, and, and rhythms of worship, uh, which also has very much to do with family and community and perceptions, outside perceptions. Um, and again, like times like this, when it's, you know, Hanukkah just ended and we're in Advent and we're moving towards Christmas, it just brings all of that to the fore uh, in a really profound way. Hmm. So as you work through this or wrestle through uh, the family obligations, cultural obligations. Do you reach a point? Is there some point where there is a purity and a clarity of the moment of why you are following Christ now, but coming from Judaism? Hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. So we just finished celebrating Hanukkah, which was very early this year. Usually it's later in December, often overlapping with Christmas. Um, and so we just, you know, lit Hanukkah candles for the final night last night. And we're, we have little kids, so we're teaching our kids about the story of these brave, heroic Jews who rose up against an oppressive empire in the second century before Jesus comes. And, you know, there's sort of this glorious hundred-year period uh, after this revolt that we celebrate during Hanukkah, where the Jews had some level of sovereignty and they rededicated the temple in Jerusalem 
and and that's sort of what we celebrate and and remember during the days of Hanukkah. But but what we don't so often mention is that those glorious hundred years came to an end. The Jews were then under another oppressive empire, this time the Romans. And so it, it seems to me that there's this um, these beautiful rituals and traditions of memory within Judaism. But ultimately, for me, um, that, that, that tumultuous cycle of history is a bit exhausting, which is why, for me, Advent and looking towards the birth of Christ becomes so meaningful because it's, mm. it sort of takes us outside of the, the waves and the ebb and tide of history where sometimes you lose and sometimes you win and sometimes you're, you, you, you triumph and other times you're oppressed. And it sort of gives us a hope that while being rooted in history kind of transcends uh, the the you know the the unpredictability of of the circumstances that we find ourselves within. I love that, Jen. I don't have any Jewishness in my family, but just you know, reading the scriptures, uh, it it grieves me often that we as Christians are so divorced from Judaism, um, just in our roots and our historical roots. I feel like we're much poorer for that. Um, mm-hmm. Are you are you particularly sensitive to that? Absolutely. That's a that's a real key area in my teaching, in my writing, in my scholarship. Uh, the fact that Christianity has lost so much by essentially divorcing itself from um, not only its Jewish roots, but the Jewish context within which the gospel makes sense. Uh, and so it's fascinating to me that these concepts that are so key to Christian faith and identity have come to kind of stand on their own two feet completely separate from uh, the, the sort of larger body of, of thought and belief and, and really the larger context of God's covenant with the people of Israel within which they were developed. So even the words that Christians use, like blessing and thanksgiving and salvation and redemption, I mean, all these words that have a rich meaning in Christian thought, those are words that we see originally in the Old Testament with regard to God's covenant with Israel. And so, yes, I would agree with you, Christian faith is much impoverished um, for, for kind of stepping away from this matrix uh, within which it, it, it can be understood most deeply and profoundly. Yes. I mean, you see this, and I don't know if this is just laziness or uh, what, hubris or whatnot, but people say, here's the Bible, and it's just, it's the New Testament, and like, you know, like the New Testament is the Bible and the Old Testament right. is not part of that. What you're saying, you know, is resonates here, Jen, that, you know, we, we cut ourselves off at our peril. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And if we do read our Old Testament, it's usually to say, look at these failing, flawed, sinful people, the Israelites, and aren't we so glad that Jesus came to set us free from that, that oppressive thing called the law? And, you know, it, it's, it's a remarkable way in which we're sort of subtly taught to understand our Old Testament, either with the people of Israel being an example of what not to do, or as the church sort of inheriting the blessings that were promised to the people of Israel, which which is often called supersessionist thought or replacement theology, where the church mm-hmm. literally replaces Israel as God's covenant people. So there's all these, um, you know, these ways of, of Christian being that are mostly unconscious 
uh, but are just so deeply embedded in the air that we breathe within Christian culture. Um, so I, I think it's uh, it, one of the things I, I prod my students to do is to sort of pick away at those assumptions that we make and to try to find another way to understand these concepts. Okay, so then help us to understand, Jen. Um, so it, I have a, a bunch of Jewish friends, and I would love to know the best way to have healthy conversations about faith traditions. I don't want to seem pushy. Um, I don't mm-hmm. want to dishonor the Jesus who I believe in at the same time. Mm-hmm. So as someone who knows both, um, how would mm-hmm. you suggest that I do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I appreciate you asking it. I mean, I think the first thing I'd say is there's no sort of one-size-fits-all approach to this. So if you're talking to a secular, cultural Jew who may be atheist or agnostic, that's going to look different than if you're talking to sort of an ultra-Orthodox Jew whose life is built around observing Judaism. Um, But one thing I would say that probably applies in almost all cases is that Jews are much more aware of the terrible atrocities that have been done to the Jewish people in the name of Christianity than most Mm. Christians are. So, uh, you know, we can really go throughout the history of the church starting, you know, just a couple centuries after the New Testament. Mm. And even within the New Testament, you know, people, people talk about passages within the book of John, where the Jews are sort of portrayed in this negative light. And that history just builds and builds and builds so that we have You know, Martin Luther, the father of the Protestant Reformation, who writes this terribly anti-Semitic book towards the end of his life called On the Jews and Their Lies. And, you know, it's fascinating to me. So few Christians know about Martin Luther, this this kind of shadow side of Martin Luther. But but Jews do, because that's Martin Luther is, is, is one of the key figures that Hitler employed to justify what he was doing uh, with with sort of the Nazi agenda in World War Two. And Jews are very aware of this history. And so the mere mention of Christ or Christianity, while we think it's, it's this beautiful, you know, it's, it's what we build our lives around, it's like a threat to so many mm-hmm. Jews who think of Christianity, and the first thing they think of is Hitler. And Christians are like, whoa, 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 like, where did that right. come from? But it's just built into this kind of collective Jewish psyche. Um, and I think the more that we can be aware of that shadow side of Christian history and sensitive to the way in which Jews hear Christian rhetoric, um, it, it helps us to just uh, to, to, to be self-reflective, and, and, and it helps to, to sort of um, combat any sense of triumphalism that may come across in, 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 you know, sharing the gospel or talking about Jesus. And so I think the more that we can do it in ways that honor the Jewish people and that bring light to this terrible um, sort of twisted uh, history of Christian Christian um, action. Um, and, and again, kind of coming back to the question before of how can we preach the gospel in a way that is actually good news for the Jewish people, rather than it being, you know, mm-hmm. God sort of abandoned this old covenant, and now you need to come be a part of this new thing with Jesus, or, 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 or God's going to forsake you. How can we and, and, and again, this is not just like three steps to engaging your Jewish friends. There's some real deep work involved here on the part of Christians, I think, um, to, to, number one, understand the connotations that come with 
Christianity for the Jewish people, and number two, really kind of begin to rethink key Christian concepts in a way where God is honoring his covenant with the Jewish people by sending his son, not forsaking it or replacing it. Hmm. That's, that's so valuable for me. I'm that's just really so glad helpful. to hear this. Yeah. I mean, so, Jen, I, I grew up in a blue-collar, you know, mill town um, in the late 60s and 70s, and, and I didn't—there was one—I knew one guy I went to high school with who was Jewish, and, mm-hmm. I, and I was like, you know, but I think my point is, you know, ignorance is no excuse anymore, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I remember going to college, mm-hmm. you know, in the early 70s or mid-70s, and someone saying, uh, some blah, 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 anti-Semitism, and I was like— what? what? What is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, mm-hmm. and now, of course, here we are in the city of Pittsburgh, which you know well, and everybody does, mm-hmm. is this, you know, the scene of the mm-hmm. tree of life. And, you know, uh, we talk about am- anti-Semitism a lot. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's on every street corner within the city now. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing mm-hmm. for us to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I teach classes on contemporary anti-Semitism, and we always talk about the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. Uh, and, and one of the remarks, I mean, it was such a terrible tragedy as any, oh um, you know, attack like this is like unimaginable. But one of the really interesting things that happened in the aftermath of that, as I'm sure you and your listeners are very aware of, is the solidarity that the community far beyond just the Jewish community yep. showed in the aftermath of that. Like, mm-hmm. we are not going to stand for anti-Semitism in our city and we are going to stand beside the Jewish community. And so I think it's, it's another thing that's very powerful for Christians to do is to stand beside the Jewish community in any uh, you know, circumstances that befall them, whether it be, you know, acts of overt anti-Semitism or covert anti-Semitism, whatever that looks like, it means a lot for Christians, which are much more in the mainstream dominant culture in America, to show solidarity, like real acts of solidarity with the Jewish community. And, and, and that also goes to um, kind of quietly combat this history that we were just talking about. That's excellent. Jen, it's always a pleasure, really. really You inform us and you enlighten us. We really do appreciate you being here. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. That's Dr. Jen Rosner, Affiliate Assistant Professor of Systematic Theology at Fuller Theological Seminary in sunny Pasadena. Mm, Very nice. Mm -hmm. We'll take a quick break. It's our daily feature. Does this make sense? That's next. Just guessing it won't. (laughs) Just a couple nights ago, John, I had that dream about college where I realized that it's uh, almost time for finals and I've never been to the class. Do you have that dream? No. You've I've... never had that dream. No, what? It's, all of a sudden it's, it's one of the most common dreams, what? yeah, in America, are people who are like me somehow in some way traumatized by how difficult college is. And so you just end up revisiting it. In, and it's always the same for me. I, I'm, I'm gripped by this horrible sinking feeling that I've never been to this class and I'm about to have to perform on the final. And there's no way I'm going to be able to. Because it's a challenge, right? So I guess because it's just, it's so hard. There's so much stress involved in it. Right. Well, I, I'm, I'm really, really happy that all that is well behind us, right? And we haven't been college students for decades and that's a good thing, but If you've got a child thinking about what happens at Grove City College, perhaps for next year as a freshman, know that that challenge is still there. But Mm -hmm. in the middle of the challenge and all that hard work. And all the anxiety about it. Grove City 
has Christ first and foremost. The faculty, the staff, in the middle of it all, there is Jesus. So, of course, life is hard. A quality education is hard as well. But look at gcc.edu. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I really feel like right now might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, were you able to get them the cash out for those home improvements? and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to NMLS Consumer Access. Delaware Corporate NMLS Number 1330. Equal housing lender. Licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Tweens have mastered the art of tuning out. Jen, there's a spider in the car. We're turning your room into a home gym. See? Nothing. But some messages need to get through. Like making sure they're buckled up. The whole ride, every time. Do whatever it takes to make your child listen. Jen, I friended your boyfriend. Wait, what? Buckle up, sweetie. Never give up until they buckle up. Learn more at safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Mostly cloudy skies for tonight. Winds gradually subsiding. It'll be much colder with a low of 23. Much colder tomorrow with intervals of clouds and sunshine. The high 32. Cloudy skies tomorrow night with a bit of snow late. Accumulating a coating to an inch low 24. A thick cloud cover Wednesday with a stray flurry. Wednesday will reach a high of 33. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This makes sense. Does what make sense? Mountain climbing. Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I, I would never do it. Mm-hmm. But when someone says, oh, yeah, I'm a mountain climber. I mean, who's doing that? Somebody who's strong, independent, courageous. I think that's a very interesting thing. Now, when you hear about like the, you know, the long lines, you know, people like... Headed to the top. I can't like the feel peak bad of about Everest. It. Yeah, you know. But like guys, I got. I worked with a guy in New York who was a mountain climber. He had hands; they were like animal claws, like for grabbing. You know, and that didn't come easy. So I just think it's a really interesting person who chooses to be a mountain climber. But does it make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Yes. You're incorrect, John. No, it does not make sense. Yes, it, it sense does. To climb mountains. Yes. No. It's because no, it's it hard to do. No. no. There are, a lot like of, there are a lot of hard things to do that are not putting your life at risk, taking fathers away from their children and spouses away from spouses and I mean, children away from parents. You can get killed crossing the street, Kath. The chances of you getting killed climbing Everest are higher. I get that. But what? You should just stay no. at home because you're no, afraid of dying? No, I'm not saying you should stay at home. I'm just saying mountain climbing. This is going to be an unpopular sentiment, but I'm going to say it out loud. I think it's selfish. Selfish. I do. Selfish. I do, John. 
Huh. All right. So I think it makes sense. Mountain climbing makes sense to me, not to you. All right. I'll see you mountain climbing. Mm -hmm. And I'll raise you the kitchen sponge. (laughs) Now the kitchen sponge. Does that make sense? It seems to me like it's a hotbed for bacteria, mold, dirt. I mean, you know, there's got to be a better way to have a cleaning accoutrement. Right around the house. And it's certainly not the sponge. Are you saying that you're coming out against the sponge? I am anti-kitchen sponge. No. Are you pro-kitchen sponge? You and I are divergent today because what? I am 100% in no. with the kitchen sponge. You use the little green no. scrunch thing no. instead. No. I, I got to be honest with you. The sponge gives you a different type of grip. Uh-huh. It's not available in other you know, kitchen tools. It's not. You can use the brush. Yeah, the brush does a thing. Yeah, you can use brush. a little scrubber thing. It does. Nothing quite does yeah. what the kitchen sponge does. It's filthy. It is. So, filthy. So we put it in a bowl with water and microwave it for two minutes. Yeah. Every time you use it? No, once a day. Oh, la-di-da. Just to kind of clean it up. Yeah. You know, just kind of zap anything nasty grown in there. You uh-huh. can also put it in the dishwasher and run a cycle. Jeez, that's a lot. Just, <laughs> just trying to keep things simple. I'm just saying, I just love it so much. Does, don't you, like when you grab onto don't you feel like you're in no, charge of something? I feel like I'm grabbing onto something filthy that I don't want to touch. So from the top of Mount Everest to the kitchen sink, does that make sense? We all know health care costs are through the roof, but having insurance to back you up in uncertain times provides a sense of security to us, right? I'm Kathy Emmons, and about a year ago, I lost my sense of security when I lost my health insurance. It was a sudden thing, a COVID-era adjustment they had to make, my husband's employer said. But all of a sudden, after decades of being covered by the same people, I was on my own. But it turns out, not on my own. You know I've advertised for Todd Marley at Marley Financial for years now. I've loved the sound of what they offer to individuals and small businesses, but all at once I had to depend on them for my own health insurance. And wow, have they come through. From Todd, who took the time to explain all the options, to Carrie, who has walked through literally every bit of paperwork I've had, Marley Financial has been there for me. So if you're looking for a group of people who will be there for you, think Marley Financial. Find them online, marleyfg.com or at 724-884-1496. Hi, it's me, Marsha from the Springhouse. How are you? Hey, take a big whiff. Mmm, can you smell it? The real hickory wood burning long and slow in our smokehouse to smoke our old-fashioned hickory smoked hams. Have you ever tried a springhouse smoked ham? The meat is so tender it falls right off the bone when it comes out of the oven. And the taste, mm mmm-mmm, a taste of days gone by. A springhouse hickory smoked ham makes a great corporate gift in a big springhouse box with a big red bow on top. Or how about for all those sage folks that remember smoking their own hams as youngsters? Give us a call at 724-228-3339 to order your whole or half hickory smoked ham from the springhouse. Or check us out on the web at www.springhousemarket.com. And Merry Christmas from all of us at the Springhouse in 84 PA. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at oozebugstoppers.com. 
When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Boo's Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. What if you knew the exact moment a tornado was going to strike? Unfortunately, you don't. But shouldn't you be ready anyway? Go to ready.gov slash communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA, Ready, and the Ad Council. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tis the season. What is this? Today's the uh, today's the sixth. <coughs> Christmas is less than three weeks away. Uh. All right. Um, so it's that age-old question we're back into: Are you buying? Are you are you buying Christmas gifts this year? One, I guess. Mm-hmm. Probably the answer for most people is yes. Are you overbuying? Hopefully not. Or have you just you know? What about, are you buying your spouse a gift? Yes. Do you buy yourself a gift? Oh, I'll buy myself a gift. Some people do. Some people do. Do they? Christy, are you Christmas shopping this year? Yeah, I am. Okay. Do you set yourself a budget? It depends, like with the people. So if like my best friend and I are buying for each other, we set a price limit. You did? Yeah. Okay. That's what John and I do. The price limit is zero. Zero. Hey, what'd you get me? Nothing. Oh, you rip off. I got you nothing too. That's what <laughs> we did. It served us well for all these years. It has served us very well. Thank you. Very nice. Okay. When some, if, do you have anyone who says to you, like, I don't want you to buy me anything? My wife. Okay. Every year. Like, well, she, so are you, do you do that? No. Okay. Because my, you know, my love language. My love language. I like to buy stuff. Right. I like to buy. Yeah, like, so do I. But it's the worst because of like what I love, I love to do, yeah. she despises. Yeah, that's that's difficult. So like last year I bought her, and I'm like, in the, you know, I'm not buying her a car with a ribbon on top of it, nor am I buying her, you know, some jewels. But like, you know, I buy but her. But if you found some on a glacier. Well, I might stick one in my pocket and then have bad, you know, <laughs> deeds happen like the monkey's paw and, you know. <laughs> For the rest of my life. Yeah, sure, if I want to open up that Pandora's box. I mean, I like to buy gifts. And I, it's fun. I like Christmas morning. You, right, I do too. And it's important to me that everybody in my family has the same number of gifts. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that as well. And I've been mocked for this. But I feel like I'm mocked lovingly. Though I could be wrong, but I feel like my family members do love it. it I'm the elf. So I decide who opens what when. Oh, this is the worst. Yeah. Christy, you, have you heard this story? I have not heard this story. Oh, this this just drives me up a wall. Okay, when we were kids, all seven of us kids ran down the steps at one time, and then there were all these, and we there was like an, it was like a riot. It was. It was literally like a riot in the living room of the hall. I mean, there was so much paper flying, people screaming and yelling. It was like the best. Calf. Her family, to this day, individually, one at a time, they sit there after they have breakfast. And a then, delicious brunch, by the way. It's not just. It's not like we have like you know 
Cheerios and run. No, we have a very nice brunch. But individually, one at a time, while they're sitting, like, politely with their robes or PJs on, they open up their presents. One at a time. It takes hours. I tell It's the only way to go. We are so connected, Kath and I. We see this is, like, as far as the east is from the west. What's your Christmas morning like in your household? Um, so it's just me and my brother. Uh, we come home because my sister's married and has a child, and my other brother lives far away. But wait, as kids. Oh, as kids? Like? Yeah. Was it like mayhem? Yeah, there was four of us. Yeah. We all came, you know, rushing out. Bingo. But I think my mom did get to choose who went first. What? But you just opened, like, either, like, the first or last or the middle, you know. There was. Some... You opened all your gifts at once, and then the next person went. Oh, really? So there was symmetry. So, John. There's no symmetry in the Hall no. household. Dawn so everybody opened all their gifts. Boom. But see, wouldn't Boom. it be wouldn't it be better if you opened nope. a gift and then your brother and then your brother and your <laughs> no. sister and then you just keep going around because it lasts longer. No. I want to know what I got. You guys. Yeah, boom. You guys don't understand. There's there's beauty in waiting. It's like the tension of it is glorious. Not on Christmas morning. No, no, no. No way. Guys. Anyway, okay, so long story short. Okay, so Christy's new to this. Uh, not the culture wars, not the Christmas wars, but the commercialization, I believe. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, and, and I'm not saying, you know, I, I'm not trying to be the Grinch, but we really have reached peak saturation have we not especially with amazon for sure but i don't feel like we're at peak to me was a couple years ago before covid when you know the stock market was raising high and people weren't concerned about mass death and you know government intrusion into your mask situation and oh. all of that i feel like now in my living room i'm not concerned about mass pe- death a lot in my of people room aren't christmas morning well for- but but here's the thing: people aren't. I don't think spending as much now. You don't think? Oh, I think you're wrong. Oh, really? I think I've read that people are going to spend more this year than ever. Really? Yeah. That surprises me because people are locked inside or what? Oh, whatever. You know, it's just like mayhem. What's going to make you feel better? Something nice. I don't need any. But don't you reach a point in your life where you go? I, I get my wife's point. I don't need anything. Yes, but I don't need anything. But you. But that kind of kills the joy of the rest of the group who's involved. Because this is what's happened. In my, I mean, this has come up in my family before as well. Right. I like a gift. I like to, oh, oh hey. And it's the giving and receiving Ooh. of it. It's not It's not about the thing. It's about the thought that went into the thing. Oh, I think it's about the thing. Okay. I mean, you know, everybody, <laughs> don't you like something fun and, you know, oh, look at what I got. Oh, yeah, I really. well, sure. Right? I, I, I mean, I use Christmas gifts. My kids have been so really good. At, I mean, they bought me that uh, JBL speaker. Years ago. I bet it's like, you know. Like a Bluetooth thing. Yeah, a big Bluetooth speaker. I love that. It's like, you know, a number three. I think they're like on to eight now. I've had this thing forever. Every time I play that thing, and I use it almost daily, I think about those guys. Mm -hmm. I love it so much because it came from them. Sure. I love gifts. You're preaching to the choir. Me too. But we have reached saturation point, right? I know. Christy, do you like to buy gifts? I like to receive gifts. Oh, oh she doesn't like to shop. For you don't them. like to shop? I always feel like my gifts aren't good enough. I overthink. Well, that's a therapy oh, issue. Oh, yeah. I think you could work that <laughs> right, out as a clinician. That is. I mean, that's, that's not about the, that's about you, right? I guess. Yeah. Whatever. I just like to get gifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, don't buy us anything. Yeah, that's right. I didn't plan to. There's no oh, listen to how she said I didn't so plan fast. to. I wanted her to say I already got something. With I guess what I'll have money? To take it back. With what money am yeah, I buying you guys anything? Right. I bought some peanut butter. That's in Mm -hmm. the kitchen. That's fine. 
I like peanut butter. Might already be opened. But don't right. buy me Jif, because you know I don't like that. Or Skippy or Peter Pan. I need the... So I look now, all the parameters come into place all of a sudden. This is why I don't like to buy gifts for people. I'm pretty rough. Yes. Yeah, so how about that? How about... Do you ever do that? You get a gift, someone like super excited, and they give you a gift, and it's like the absolute opposite of you know what you were hoping for. You ever do that? And then you have to like to feign a lie of excitement. You do what you have to do. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, boy. I cannot believe. Oh, I love. Oh. I remember one year. I may have Meanwhile. been. I may have been in either late high school or college when uh, my mom, my mom was famous for buying terrible gifts. Was she? Yeah. Uh-huh. She meant. And she hated and she, Christmas. Look, she hated. I mean, no. She hated buying gifts for Christmas. That's why she gave terrible gifts because right. she couldn't figure it right. out and it just felt right. bad and, for And her. just felt overwhelmed. And then, anyway, so she bought me. Now, now in her mind, when she bought this, these earrings, it was three pairs of earrings. Okay, but in actuality, which I realized when I opened it, they were gigantic earrings, like that were going to wrap around my entire ear with gems in them, mm. right? And. I was so, they were so horrible. They were like unthinkably bad. <laughs> but she's standing there smiling at you. It was, and so Loving I opened you. it. And, mom. Hey, mom. So I said, this has been a joke in my family ever since. I said, oh, <laughs> why would I say this? I did not know what to say because it was so terrible. Oh, no. I said, oh, festive holiday shavings. Because oh. it was like. There was like Ouch. enormous. Did she know right away? She didn't realize. And then when she realized they were, it was just one pair of earrings. She thought it was hysterical. <laughs> she said, "I'm so bad at buying gifts." And I said, "Yeah." So anyway, but that, you know, you have to fake it better than I did in that instance. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's very, it's a fraught time because everybody, look, just the three of us, everybody's coming at this from different angles. That's why it, it's hard when you get married. Because your spouse has come with one trajectory of history, and you've come with another trajectory of history. When it comes to the holidays, things that are very meaningful can get amped up fast. Right. See, like, like, right. Our house. I'm gonna, you know, coming rushing down the steps as kids. To me, Christmas was kind of like this explosion. You know what I mean? It was pretty close to like what I would think Las Vegas was like as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, oh my god, I can't believe like an avalanche of of that oh my wife she could have been born in a monastery i mean mm. really you know she just that this doesn't translate to her and what about her siblings same way yeah that's a good question i you know i remember the first christmas my wife and i were, we were dating long distance dating and she was living in new york city and i was here in pittsburgh and I, I went out, you know, and I bought her this gigantic box. And I bought her like, you know, and it came to her house in New York City. And she was like, uh, she was like overwhelmed. But it wasn't until years later, you know, that that kind of came up that it was too much. That mm. I was, being, And it made her feel bad. In a way. Yeah. So you're, what, that's a good point. What you're buying into is a whole dangerous aspect of, yeah. unless you're on the same page. Right. And unfortunately, you can't find out if you're on the same page until you have real until you've well, transgressed and you realize that you're not. I'm almost three decades into this marriage, and you know, and it's still like you know, not a sore point, but it's just a point of difference. Yeah. Yeah. My husband hates buying gifts. Oh, does hates he? it. He all every time it's Thanksgiving, he says Thanksgiving is the best holiday because there's no presents. And I love to buy presents. 
So it's just different. Okay, so how about for the greater family? Like, okay, so we have, you know, there's seven kids in our family. Then we would do, like, you know, the whole family. Then I, you know, at some point you're buying presents for everybody. Then we reach the point where, like, okay, we're, we're just going to do the grab bag. The sure, family right. grab bag. Parents are one thing, but for siblings or, you know, sure. or whatever, cousins and, you know, I love the grab bag. I love the grab bag. Plus, you don't know who your secret Santa is, which is awesome. No, we don't do so. Oh, oh. Oh, you do? You don't do Secret no, you, we, Santa? You know, we choose, like, you know, at Thanksgiving, you choose a person's name. But you don't keep it a secret? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Because okay. yeah, yeah. that's the fun of it. That you don't is. know who got you. Right. Where'd you get that? So I'm always, like, calling, like, one of my, like, my nephew's wife and saying, What's he want? What do you think he would want? Right. What do you think he would want? I like the, I like the covert planning of it. And then, okay, now, so th- there's a point where it's good to, one at a time, of course, right? You open it, your present one at a time, because then everybody gets to be part of the fun. No kidding, John. Yeah. That's where it comes from. Nope. Coming up next. On Fridays, we make our picks, uh, local sports teams. And this past Friday, we decided to do Alabama, Georgia. How do you do this year? Anyway, we. Well, I'll tell you how we did when we come back. It's a Monday edition of The Ride Home, and I'm crying tears already. Hmm. Before Bamboo HR, (laughs) I feel like crying just thinking about it. We were still handling everything via paper, and we literally had paper stacked. It was all in spreadsheets and, like, folders. From the moment I started using it, I felt calmer. As soon as we started using the Bamboo, like, onboarding checklist, I mean, (laughs) it was extremely easy. Headcount, turnover, uh, years of service. Like, there's just so many different reports that I use at different points in time. I'm, like, totally set free to focus on the people, to focus on development, to focus on team dynamics. It's freeing me up to do more of the stuff that actually matters in HR, which is interacting with people, learning from them, and then building stuff for them. Everything is in this one place. I can't even imagine what it would be like without Bamboo HR. We're Bamboo HR, and we'd love to set you free to do great work. Come try our award-winning all-in-one HR software for free with no strings attached. Visit BambooHR.com slash HR for this free trial offer. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. Why are cash-out refinances such a big deal right now? Uncle Ryan tries to teach me something. I will say one thing. You know, I really feel like right now might be a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I've been doing this for 18 years now, and I've just never seen a market where the rates are so low and values across the country have skyrocketed as much as they have. That combination, um, I remember one couple in particular, they were looking to do some home improvements at the house, but they were worried about their payments going up. Well, with rates being so low and them building up so much equity in the home over the last few years, we were able to get them to cash out for those home improvements and their payments actually went down a little bit. Every single situation is different, but it does happen more often than you think. So it definitely does not hurt to call. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. I'm listener 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License Number 22672. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, 
their motor never quits. From next day delivery to curbside pickup to getting involved with local communities. Get the parts you need when you need them. That's Napa know-how. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On our Friday show, we made our picks for the weekend. Uh, we picked uh, the Pens game, the Steelers game, the Pitt game, and we went Alabama, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't need to tell you, it was a bad weekend, John and Christy, we stink. Yeah. Well, we're not sportscasters. It's not our beat. However, uh, we are people who you know can predict games, and we don't well, do it well. Can predict the game exactly, and we're that kind of anybody because yeah. we stink. Uh, so, Pens and Canucks were the first game we went for. Um, the Pens beat the Canucks four one. Mm-hmm. And um, we all thought that the Pens would win, and so we each got a point out of that. So I feel pretty good about it. Um, the closest one of us was Christy, so she got two points. Oh. Then it came for the Alabama-Georgia game, mm. and all of us thought that Georgia would win. And we were totally wrong, not even close to being right, because mm. Alabama won 41-24, and it wasn't even a game. It was terrible. We got zero points out of that deal. Um, the Pitt Wake game, though, we picked correctly. We all picked Pitt. Um, uh, Pitt ended up winning forty-five twenty-one. Now here's where it gets a little dicey. Uh-oh. We each get a point for that, but you, John, and you, Christy, were equidistant close to choosing the right number. So you each got a half a point out of that. Half a point. Yeah, I don't like a half a point. You're getting. What it. are we getting half a point? You're getting for? half a point because you were close and she was close, and I split the point. So you're getting half. <laughs> Nobody told me about the half that's, point thing. Okay, I'll well, take the half point all day. Uh, okay, good. I'll I like her, it, I like her positive attitude. Then it came to the Steelers and Ravens, and I thought that the Ravens would win 31-17. Nope. Christy thought that the Ravens would win 24-17. And you, John, mm. you should get a demerit for this. <laughs> you thought the Ravens would win 34-7. I was you all the in. the Steelers would score just, seven points. Take in. his half point away. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I felt bad. That's zero points for all of us. Anyway, overall, you want to know where we are? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, Christy's leading. Still. Yep. Let's 12, go. Yep, she's got 12 and a half. 12 and games. a half. She's chosen 12 and a half games correctly. Uh, you're at 11 and a half. Oh, I'm only a point away. I'm at nine. Nine? <laughs> Don't Come on, laugh. Guys. Nine. Holy smokes. Bear with your weaker brother. <laughs> okay? I hate to bring the scriptures into this, but I think they have boy, something boy. to say. I guess they are applicable here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't understand why I'm doing so badly, but it's upsetting to me. No, wait a second. I thought about this over the weekend. Is there like an end point on this? Do we reach like, you know, the end of the Steelers season and we're done? I mean, we can't, I can't like, well, every Pens game goes until like June. I don't know. Should we end it at the end of 2021 and then start again in 2022? Well, well, no, we're going to, you know, the bowl games, right? So Pitt's in a bowl game. Right. Okay, so, so that was, that's still going to be in 2021. Is it the Meineke muffler game? No, in Peach Peach Bowl. What? Uh, they're not the Peach Bowl anymore, are they? They're yeah. always like you know Pits some advertiser's name. Chick Fil A, the, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. Oh, there you go. Pitts in the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. <laughs> oh, you just we talked about this earlier in the program, John. Well, you I didn't know it was the Chick Fil A. I oh. knew it was the Peach Bowl, but not. Oh well, it's you a know, different story now. That's Chick Fil A. Yeah, we're happy about it. They're going to bring back that chicken or the um, peach milkshake. Is that I've never only? had that. Is that Neither good? Neither have I. Neither have I. That's why I think I'll... Well, that, doing it looks so good yeah. in advertisements. I can't stand it. Yeah. In Penn State? They're in the Outback Bowl. What? Oh. That's ribs. lame. That's ribs. That's lame. Uh, 
I guess some ribs. The blooming onion. Helped a bit. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.